0: Yes, back again once again. No Chase Film Society, the podcast. Thank y'all for streaming with us. Uh, it is me. It is I, Chris Ali. Rock with me on Instagram, man. I am Chris Ali. I am Chris Ali. That's A L E E. And as always, on the other side of this podcast, OTS Head Honcho, Big Derek.
1: What's good, bro?
0: What's happening with you, my guy?
1: Everything is everything, man.
0: So this is uh what, day twenty something of the quarantine life you've been living out there?
1: Uh I lost count. <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: know. It's, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, this
1: is not it's uh wild. this is very weird. This is very weird. I mean, I'm used to uh I'm a homebody anyway, so that portion of it isn't an, is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um but it gets weird because at points you kind of feel like I need to just go out. Right. Um, and So I don't like going to the store, but I'll go to the store just to kind of like get out a little bit. Even go take a walk or something around the neighborhood. But nah, it, this is uh, yeah, this is very interesting, very different. I actually walked outside today and, and it was quiet as hell. I've, I can't remember the last time I walked outside and it was quiet like that.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely a, a different world Oh yeah, man. It is. It, it doesn't feel too different as far as me moving around. I mean, I'm still going to work and to the store. Um, you, you can tell that there's a, a, a scarcity on shit. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm, I'm feeling that. But yeah, for the most part, man, it's um, I think we're about to see it progressively get. I don't want to say worse, but more bizarre. You know, yes. it doesn't seem like anything is changing. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Y'all stay safe out there. I hope you stand safe out there, bro.
1: Oh, no choice, bro. I'm uh, you
0: know, not touching on nobody and, you know, nope. be in contact with strange individuals and shit.
1: Even though I almost swung on someone in uh, Aldi the other day for being, like, two inches away from me.
0: Yeah, it's getting that serious.
1: These people don't understand. I, I, I People talk about social distancing. But ever since that phrase has become a part of, you know, our, our regular vernacular, um, people have been getting closer to me in stories. Right. And I I'm, I'm not understanding that. Like, what what is the fascination of standing so close to someone you don't even know?
0: Yeah, and see I'm already real big on personal space. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad that a lot of this is going on because it gives me a reason to be an asshole yes. when it comes to personal space and and people kind of can understand. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't like to be, you know, really too close to to, especially strangers.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's but it's rough out here, man. It, it is. It's rough. It, it's 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 something that I've never seen before either.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. In, in my lifetime, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. This is new. But. But uh we got movies to talk about though. Yes. You know, that's 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 a good thing. Um I've i caught some shit that I normally wouldn't catch. Oh yeah. Um yeah, man. Uh we're gonna we're gonna circle the Tyler Perry conversation a little bit uh today. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh you first, man, you take it. We're talking about uh the farewell as y'all can see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um it came out uh, this year, I believe. Either this year uh, or last year. I want to say last year.
1: 19.
0: 2019. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. But uh yeah, besides that, man, what have you what have you partook of? Uh partaken another... of, if I'm yeah. speaking correct English.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um I actually got into another uh animated film. Okay. Um which was uh Onward. Uh, By Pixar. Um, If you get, have you uh, gotten the uh, Disney Plus service yet? No. Okay. When I told you I'm
0: not getting Disney Plus until they get uh, "Song of the South," man. That's right. That's right. Isn't that what it's called? I forgot. Uh, I I forgot the movie, but yeah, the song is in the title. The Nigger Hating movie that, (laughs) that that they've been trying to bury and dodge and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see that on Disney Plus before they get my money.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I um it's it's on there. They just put it on there um cuz you know a lot of these um a lot of these companies now or movie uh, production companies have actually been posting movies that were in theaters and they're just putting on streaming services uh early or on demand as well. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was one of them that was uh that was released early, and that was actually a really good story. Um, Pixar, you know, I've already told you about my fascination with uh, animation. Um, right. they're, they're just killing it. Pixar, uh, DreamWorks, they're doing a phenomenal job with, with animated films. Um, and this was, this was a good one. This is you know about magic. Um, I, I think your daughter would really love it, though. Okay. Like, if you decide onward, right? onward, yeah. If you decided to get a um, get a free trial because I think you can do a free trial for like a week or something. Okay. If you do that, you know, let her watch that. That was a good movie. That was a really good one for kids.
0: All right. I'm gonna note that. Yeah. Well, what else, man? Besides the, uh, the anime.
1: Okay. So, have you um heard of that uh the show Love Is Blind on Netflix?
0: I have haven't watched it, but I'm familiar with.
1: It. Um, I was uh, well, Rihanna wanted to watch that, so you know, I I watched it with her. Um, and I was kind of an, an against it to be honest. Mm. Um, but but the more we we watched it, I was just actually shocked as to how people um can do these type of experiments like this show it's a it's a, a reality show, but it's like a like a little experiment of seeing if love is actually blind, so you have um men and women that are going into they're dating each other in these pods, and they're you know they can't see the other person, so they're only getting to know this person by who they actually are and not by the looks mm-hmm. and um I think they do that for like. A week or so uh, maybe a little over a week and then uh, they have to they have to narrow this you know narrow down to that one person that they really really like and if you know both are both are in agreement mm-hmm. they, uh, they have to get engaged
0: that's, that's part of the show that's part of the show they have to get that's- engaged before you they have to, to see each other, you yeah. have to marry this person. You have to agree to marry this person. You
1: have to agree to marry them in order to see them. And, uh, like,
0: cultic shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, occultic shit. Yeah. Like yeah. Occultic shit. Getting away with on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Young Moon and, uh, I'm serious. It's a cult. The, the Som Young Moon Mooney cult did the same shit. He would just pick two people and be like, really? okay, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cult. Was well, a cult. I mean, I call it a cult. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't view it as that, but there's a, a cult called uh, the Universal Church or something. I don't know, but um, it was a Korean guy named Song Young Moon, and that was like his thing. He would just take strangers, practical strangers that were part of his church, and from whatever uh, leadership, spiritual leadership <laughs> intuition he was exercising, he would just put people together and be like, okay, you're going to marry this motherfucker, this is going to marry you, and y'all are going to get together and be married just based on me determining it
1: see i I, so part of me thinks it it works part of me does because i i'm i'm pretty sure i told you how rihanna and i met we we met on instagram and we didn't Mm -hmm. see each other in person for a year so our entire relationship has been long. But there distance. was no condition
0: within that that no okay, when yeah. I meet you I'm going to marry you. you know, right. or in order for you to meet me or in order for us to pursue this we're going to have to get married.
1: Right. Like I a- see that's a that's the thing though. Like part of it I get because it allows you to understand who that person is. But my whole thing with, with it was that it was such a fast paced thing. This is a week. You have to get to know someone. You know what I'm saying? Like that That in and of itself I had an issue with um, because they're telling each other I love you and all this other stuff. And then they're getting engaged. And then when they see each other, they have this little moment or whatever. And then they go on to this uh, vacation in Mexico and that's they get to spend time with each other. And there, you know, you don't have your cell phone the entire experiment. So there's no interruptions or interference you know, from the outside world. So I, th- I want to say this entire thing was um, about, a m- about a month. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, between you meeting this person and actually getting married was like a little over a month. Um, and that was my issue with it. Just a fast-paced thing. Because I was telling Rihanna, I'm like, yo, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Um, Because a lot of stuff that people were saying on the show, um, you can't get you can't truly say that this is my best friend within a month. You can't truly say that you love someone within two weeks. You can't you can't say that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone that in that short amount of time. Um, That was my issue with it. But I, I do like the experiment of dating someone blindfolded. I hmm. do like that because technically Rihanna and I did that for about a year, not seeing each other and we're just getting to know each other. It wasn't it wasn't about sex or anything like that. It's literally just about getting to well, know
0: Well you saw shit. each other via photos. Well though. yeah,
1: yeah, just photos and Skype. But there was no so like you, had,
0: you knew who the hell you were talking. I knew
1: to. who I was talking to. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: yeah. Well, that's not a comparison. Well no I, I'm saying in terms blindly. of
1: I'm ter- I'm talking about in terms of no physical contact and it's only just getting to know her. You know what I'm saying like that that portion of of our relationship that's how it was. Well, uh, I
0: get that, and yeah, and 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 in, the, in today's society, you can develop a, a deep bond with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know via uh, you know, phone and and Skype and all of that without the physical contact. I mm-hmm. get that. But once that you know, you meet that person, that physical contact is an expectation. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah but, but there's a difference though that the, the, through the entire time you meet somebody or you know somebody or you're getting to know somebody you have no physical concept with them that's totally different
1: yeah it is it
0: is yeah and I think yeah. that makes in a way that makes makes sport of the dating dating experience it
1: does it does yeah. um it 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 felt it felt like a lot of stuff was just for ratings but there were there were there were some stories that actually felt like it could be real. Um, um, which I would honestly suggest watching it. Because it's only 11 episodes. Well, really 10. Like, the 11th one's like a reunion, reunion show.
0: Um, I don't know, man. You, that don't, I, listen, that sound it's like... not
1: something you want to watch. I already know that. Yeah. But I'm saying in terms <laughs> of, in terms of the concept of it, it is very... It's intriguing, but I again I have a problem with. See, my whole thing with marriage is is already kind of different than a lot of people anyway, Um, because I look at it for what it the initial purpose of it was, Mm -hmm. and it was not this whole religious aspect of you know God putting two people together. It wasn't about that. You know, it was literally just about combining two families whether those are farmers or or um kings for different kingdoms and stuff like that it was literally about forming an alliance um it had nothing to do with love um so you know i kind of look at marriage a little different anyway
0: um now you're saying the traditional
1: yeah the traditional
0: marriage no
1: the the i look at the traditional way of looking at marriage i look at it differently than that okay um not saying it's not necessary it is definitely I, I think it's i think it's good um but i don't know that marriage is not something that everybody needs to do and if you do it it's, there's no need to rush it um i know traditionally you know cuz this is the same thing with my family um traditionally uh get married and then have kids um that's you know the religious tradition but in my in my view I don't really think that's actually necessary you know I, I think if you're going to get married you just get married I don't think there's any there should be any type of uh force behind it right you know what I'm saying like you shouldn't need to do it in order to, to to love someone. You shouldn't need to do it in order to build a life with someone.
0: Do you think that um, in order to to consider some yourself married to somebody, that there should be a marriage license and a wedding and all that, or well, do you, or do you view marriage as I view it as you know once you have sex with that person, that's pretty much a marriage covenant right there.
1: It's once you have sex with someone, that's that's what yeah. true marriage is because that's a soul tie. You're literally binding yourself with that person. That, to me, is more so of a marriage. The 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 certificate, the ceremony, like, that's all for, you know, kind of show. I, I Personally, I don't even care about having a ceremony. I would, pref- if, if I'm going to get married, I'd prefer just, you know, my, my close family and friends, um, her close family and friends, and we just get together, go to the courthouse, and then have, like, a... A little get together for other people that weren't there for the ceremony, and just do a little yeah. dinner. I don't need to have the whole.
0: There are a lot of women who won't have sex with you until they have a marriage license and a piece of paper and, and a preacher and a wedding and all of that. See, they, they feel like sex before that takes place is fornication, which, which I agree. I think is it kind is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind it's, of ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
1: I mean, here's the thing. You need to know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Mhm.
1: That's how I look at it. I don't want to be I don't I personally wouldn't be the type of uh uh to to go and just blindly commit myself to something without knowing as much as I could could know. You know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't legally tie yourself uh as as a business to someone without fully investigating everything about that other uh, entity, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't do that as a businessman. So, yeah. why would you do that in your personal life? I'm not doing that. Right. Uh, it, I, it's just, it's just not happening.
0: Well, I would never really entertain a show like that, man. Because ultimately, I mean, I've I've heard about it. I've, I've seen it. You know, a couple of articles on it. Um, I think it kind of makes mockery of the whole dating experience or the experience of actually becoming one with somebody and all that and and that's cool i don't knock that i mean i kind of left that behind with flavor of love though that was that was my experience (laughs) of you know just circus you know bullshit dating (laughs) yeah i'm 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 after that i'm i'm good on the playing games with Mm -hmm. with dating and relationships um you know, I, I kind of think those things should be taken serious. Mm-hmm. And as far as the whole marriage, which I didn't know, you put me on some. I didn't know there was an engagement that you had to agree to, um, <laughs> fuck, fucking with somebody on there. I think that makes it even more ridiculous because you know, marriage is a that's uh, a serious act. Some of you have it as sacred, you know, yeah, yeah. That's a serious commitment. And I personally feel like, um, for one, that should be a move that's made. When two people have that feeling for each other, you know that I can't, well, I don't want to live. Rather, I don't want to say can't, mm-hmm. but uh, the, I don't want to live without you, and you don't want to live without me. When well, that's a mutual feeling, first of all, there's no, there's nothing that's gonna stop y'all from, um, you know, being in a separated state. That's automatically naturally gonna be a part of y'all's relationship. Right. But um, the marriage commitment is just y'all making that that outward statement that this is my partner, this is my, you know, uh, help me or whatever, you know, however you want to view it, that this is the person that I am standing with in life to help carry out my legacy. That's just, marriage is just a, a public statement of that and an agreement among other people right. um, that, that, that this is what we're doing, you know, together. But the actual spiritual commitment, that's something that takes place between two people individually. Um, you can't set that up or stage that or prompt that, you know, and no shit like that. So yeah. I kind of feel like that's ridiculous, and Netflix is, you know, they're on the bullshit. But they're, you know, since their catalog has been hit, man, you know, Netflix has took a big hit as far as a lot of content is being pulled down from them. Yeah, especially from with different DC+. people. That, right, right. These yeah. other uh, studios are pretty much taking their content and streaming it themselves. Yeah. So you can expect Netflix to just... Um, Kind of get ridiculous with yeah. shit like that because I I think that's a downgraded.
1: It is, and uh, they've already announced a uh, season two for uh, next year. Um,
0: but yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah. <laughs> speaking of Netflix, um, Spencer Confidential, have you caught that?
1: I have. We um we actually did a review on it on uh real That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
0: So um I finally got around to that. I've never talked about it on on the podcast before, but there's something that that I um that I've kind of peaked over the years as as being somebody that has been a film watcher or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an observation that I, that that I pretty much have have um have stayed close to, you know, and saw consistently in movies. Yeah. And that is um I guess I'll call it the phenomenal white man image. Mhm that you you really just can't get away with particularly in the hollywood studio system mm-hmm. you know tom cruise is real big on it you know pretty much all of his movies he's the phenomenal white man like he, he kicks everybody's ass he gets all the ass um you know he 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 just finds his way out of every uh you know ridiculous situation dangerous situation you know, mm-hmm. just, you know he's just a phenomenal white guy you know you, you found that in tom cruise you find that in Bruce Willis—it's that imagery, you know—that yeah. <clears throat> you consistently see within uh, within you know popular Hollywood cinema. So, I, I, of course, I identified that in in this movie, Spencer Confidential. Um, I don't know who the director is. I didn't, I didn't I didn't pull it up, but I just wanted to mention a couple of things about it. Um, yeah man it, it was one of those movies where you know you had Mark Wahlberg who is just getting out of jail and yet he's uh okay, I get that he's a cop or whatever but um you know he he's pretty much just dom- you know he's he's that kick ass white dude he's just kicking everybody's ass he's pretty much just dominating every every situation in the movie right but it's the black dude yes. that 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 kind of throws me off you know the the who ends up becoming the black counterpart mm-hmm. um i don't understand where he had this uh basket uh boxing <laughs> credential because he you know you got these scenes where he's actually training him mm-hmm. as a as a mmma uh, fighter or whatever mm-hmm. so you're seeing that um it's just it's just a a a typical um you know, dominant white dude, alpha male white dude, again, that phenomenal white man image mm-hmm. that has the black counterpart, right. you know, and it, it was, it was a lot of that and in it, and it. Like I said, other than that, it was a decent movie. I mean, it, it was, it was kind of a simple story. It wasn't a phenomenal script, but um I think the imagery is, is is a couple of things I had a problem with.
1: Yeah, that, that was, um did you know that movie was actually based off a TV show? no yeah um if i'm not mistaken it it was spencer something um but it was a it was an older show um i think somewhere in the 70s um where it was those two characters i I think they they were uh i think one was a cop and then uh, the other one the black guy was just his sidekick or something Mm -hmm. so it was based off of that um but yeah the same thing i when i when i watched that i um i had that issue too i i i picked up on that um which was actually what um what my whole thing was with uh mark Wahlberg in that uh in that movie and actually the const um episode we discussed that
0: mm-hmm.
1: i brought that up where it seemed like he was the same character in every movie um right you know, outside, even with his comedy movies, but his comedy movies seem to be more layered. Um, it just, for some reason, it seems like these action films that he that he does, like Max Payne and, of course, Spencer Confidential, um, for the most part, he seems to be a one-dimensional character. Well, it's the, it,
0: like I said, is that phenomenal white guy. And, yeah. You know, it's just like every situation, or every movie, rather, puts him in situations where he's just dominant, he just overcomes, he's just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, immune to any type of failure, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, Bruce Willis, Tom Cruise, now you got Mark Wahlberg. I mean, it's, it's a few of them yeah. that you can throw right there. Um, you know, and it's just a, a worn-out image to me. Yeah. You know, basically, it's just a worn-out image to me. And this one really agitated me a little bit because... You had the black guy who was again he he was the the trusty sidekick. I didn't like the dog correlation that I kept seeing among uh, Mark Wahlberg and this and this and this black guy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to just call him this black guy. He's a, he's actually an established actor. Um, he he's the, the the brother from us, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Winston Duke. Winston Duke, yeah, yeah. Uh, We talked about him with us, yeah, and uh, Black Panther, of course. So. Um, not to not to slight him as an actor or his talent, but I think again he was a little bit misused.
1: Oh, he definitely um, was.
0: One. You know, I mean the scene. I'm just gonna tell you one particular scene that is really just kind of like, all right, we got some real bullshit mm-hmm. that that we dealing with. Is um, they were over the expressway ramp. Oh yeah. And you know you they were pretty much uh, Mark Wahlberg. Now Mark Wahlberg is the phenomenal white dude now. Mm-hmm. He's he's the he's the motherfucker in the movie. But it's the black dude though that uh, just has the ability to take this hammer. He has a, what, a mallet or a hammer Sledge or some hammer. shit, sledgehammer, uh-huh. and he chucks that bitch, you know, off the off the expressway <laughs> ramp. He slings it like almost like spear chucking, yeah. and that's actually the image that I got from it. Was the big spear chucking black dude who chucked that motherfucker off the expressway expressway ramp into the uh, the van, you mm-hmm. know, what I mean windshield of a van. I, you know, I just found that to be a little bit explicit um, when it comes to that that image, you know what I mean, of the big brute black guy that's kind of being tamed and, and geared and guided by the phenomenal white dude, the mm-hmm. super smart white dude. Why, he, why couldn't he throw the damn hammer? That's the way I looked at it. Like, why yeah. couldn't you throw that bitch? You're the phenomenal white dude. You're, like, you're the super cop detective. Motherfucker that survived a prison riot and a shank and every goddamn thing. Yeah. Why couldn't you throw the goddamn sledgehammer from the highway? Yeah. That's the way I see it. But yeah. 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 I, so the I movie kind of bothered it. me when it came to that. Shoot, um, he barely spoke in the movie. Yeah, like I said, it was almost like I mean, there there was definitely an undertone, a racial undertone to it. Um, yeah, even yeah. down to the to the last, um, uh, uh, fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Between Mark Warburg and uh, Bokeem Woodbine's character mm-hmm. in the movie with the red, black, and green curtains. I don't know if you noticed that in the room they were in. You had the red, black, and oh, green curtains. Yeah. Back. Yeah, man. I mean, so you had that bullshit where you had the white guy kicking his ass um, to the black imagery, which, you know, uh, Bokeem Woodbine had a very predictable character. I mean, from the beginning, the movie, I so. the script wasn't that sophisticated. Not at all. Um, you kind of knew that Bukin Woodbine was dirty throughout the whole movie. You kind of peeped at it. It wasn't very concealed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it comes down to him and Mark Wahlberg fighting in the end, you know, with the image of the red, black, and green behind it. And the whole uh, consistency of the dog, you know, the whole dog consistency you saw in the movie that even had uh, some of a bridge communication between. Uh, Duke's character and Wahlberg's character. I mean, there was just a lot of crazy racial shit that mm-hmm. I beat, um on a very low key level. I'll say it like that. Yeah. You know, it was somewhat subliminal. It wasn't all that goddamn subliminal. No. So I'll just say it was low key. But yeah, yeah. I mean, other than that, you know, it's a simple movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It's something to watch. But again, you got that technology, um, as some people would call it, that you found in there, and a lot of it was. Due to the relationship between uh, Mark Wahlberg's character and Winston Duke's character, yeah, you know it was it was real subservient, a weird subservient, almost uh, like I said, I'm taming uh, this 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 dude type of relationship that I saw in it. So yeah, that's that's what the quarantine had me watching, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, it
1: it was it definitely was a predictable movie. Um... There definitely wasn't a sophisticated
0: uh, uh, script at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Netflix, in the Netflix neighborhood, um, Uncorked. Did you catch that?
1: I'm actually going to watch that over the weekend.
0: Another simple-ass story. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's really all I can say. It was simple. I mean, I saw, like I said, three movies I, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to throw out there today before we get into the feature. And all of them were very underwhelming, man. Like I said, Spencer Confidential, wasn't much to say there. Um, But the racial bullshit that you compete, you know, that's an exercise in in racial bullshit in Spencer Confidential. Mm -hmm. Uh, On Court, again, a decent movie, man, but it's simple. You know, a black dude who um, has has a, a fascination with wine. Okay. And a father who wants him to take over the family real business, and a mama who dies of cancer. I mean, I think that covers about 80%. That's pretty much. Right there of a lot of black stories. And, and the majority the of Tyler Perry's of the, stories. Of the, of the wine. Right. But, but, but this dude, this black dude likes wine, though. So yeah. there's, there's a little bit of a distinction there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad movie, but underwhelming, man. Underwhelming yeah. story. Um, this is the first time director. Uh, I, Don't know his name. Uh, Let me go ahead and pull that up for everybody. Prentice, I think his first name is. Uh, I want to call his name because he's a first time director. Um, I think he wrote and directed this movie. So, you know, shout out to him for that. I think he did. It was okay. It was a a relatively uh, low key story, man. Kind of underwhelming. Okay. So, um, but other than that, you know, for a first time director, yeah you know can't can't say he didn't do a good job but um I want I'm looking up his name now uh Prentice Penny yeah Prentice Penny he wrote and directed this he has some TV experience he has some TV he has some TV experience but um, yeah this is his first film and it actually was supposed to uh to debut at uh I want to say Cannes. He was supposed to have a big film festival debut, but you know, due to the virus and you know everything canceling, mm-hmm. he um, he had pretty much just cut a deal with Netflix and released it on Netflix. But like I said, a uh, pretty underwhelming movie. Uh, you know, it was it was decent. Um, it was um, very good performance from uh, Vaughn. What's my man's name? Courtney Vance. Excuse me, Courtney Vance. Um, yeah, pretty- he was
1: the reason why I was gonna watch it.
0: Yeah, pretty decent. But he's, he's the father in it, so it's a pretty solid performance from him. And Nisi Nash gives a pretty solid performance. Um, I don't know the 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 uh, the lead the actor who's the wine enthusiast. Um, he's an uh, African guy, so we have another uh, lead, uh, and for African brother, you know, with a, for a really a traditionally black story, which is another conversation that we need to have on this podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um. Because it keeps coming up, you know, it, it, it's a constant, and I definitely think there's some, there's some engineering there. But yeah, um, I, I think his name is Mama Mamadou, Ati, if I'm saying that right. Forgive me if I'm not. But yeah, he's he's starring in it. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a decent movie, man. Relatively underwhelming. Like I said, I'm not going to say it's bad, but um, it's 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 a, it's a lot of familiarity there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also with the Tyler Perry zone, uh, I, I took a I took a dive in the Tyler Perry universe, man. It was late, again oh, trapped in the house. So oh, man. I uh, <clears throat> I gave uh, Medea's funeral. I think it's Medea's family funeral or something like that.
1: Oh, is that yeah, the one I, where he kills Medea off?
0: No, uh, actually, Medea. I don't mean, the spoiler to anybody who's I'm, I'm not looking it. forward to this shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man no Medea is still alive surprisingly okay. there's some no reason why I watched it because I wanted to see if Medea was gonna die but no but <laughs> didn't die uh yeah simple movie man again it was actually uh visually a different Medea movie though okay yeah it was it was just very visually uh I don't know I guess he used the best red the best red cameras yeah. Red lens cameras or whatever <laughs> for this one, but yeah, visually it was a lot crisper. you know, it, it had a different look than, than the typical Madea movies that we've seen, or the early, I should say, the so early Madea
1: movies. This was his newer one, right? Yeah, well, I want to say it's his last one.: So this I had to be this had to be along the lines of when he was filming uh, Fall from Grace then because um, he um, pretty much everything that he's done in the last two or three years, have looked a little more clean. Visually, have looked a little more clean. Um, I don't know if that's because he's moved into the new studio or, you know, what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you can at least give that to him. Visually, his stuff... Honestly, since A, fam- a Family That prays, I think he's kind of moved into a better visual uh presentation but definitely in the last two to three years his 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 projects have looked a little looked more clean
0: yeah yeah i would agree i mean his his uh his 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 production value has definitely taken a different level um than, i would say within the last five years or so
1: yeah which is allows yeah. us to see the bad wigs even more
0: yeah yeah like this <laughs> like this particular movie man um like I said, I, I don't want to do a whole lot of Tyler Perry bashing. That's that's not that's yeah. not my purpose. Um But I, I just got to be honest, you know, when I give a, a, a an opinion or criticism on a movie, I, I got to give my honest output. You of know, course. Of course. It, it's really not intended to diss him personally because, in in many respects, I like him as a person. You know what he does, yeah, and things he does outside of filmmaking. I really do like him yeah. as as a as a, as a person. Yeah. Um, I think he is 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 a, a great example of uh, somebody who uses resources that he gets from the people um and, and in some kind of way puts it back you know yeah. a lot of people don't do that and i think he deserves credit for that to some extent but as far as the filmmaking man um he leaves a lot to be desired and uh, again this one was was the same you know i i feel the same it Again, underwhelming. I, I, it was it was a lot of the same type of Medea style humor, um, but you can't hate him for that. I mean, that's what people pay for. Mm-hmm. But you know, nothing to see here, man. So yeah. See, Both, I thought. Don't man.
1: I thought the um, purpose of that film was to kill off the Medea character.
0: No, there was no dead Medea.
1: So he retired it without killing her
0: the The end. the The movie had this uh, ridiculous storyline of the, the Medea's, uh I don't remember who he was, but they they were related some kind of way. Medea was left Atlanta to visit her relatives somewhere else in Georgia. Um, they were going to visit for an anniversary party. Come to find out that the father of the family, who uh, was who was who was the, who was the uh, Honoree, uh, he was the one that was actually part of the anniversary celebration. He was fucking off on his wife with some woman. I don't really know who the woman was. I don't think the movie really was clear outside of the fact she was just a friend of the family. She had some relationship to this family. It really wasn't clear, in my judgment, who the hell she was. But it was a a beautiful young woman who was fucking off with uh, the husband of uh, the wife, who... Everyone was there to celebrate their anniversary, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, But he ends up dying, though. So that's actually the funeral that that, that takes place. Okay. He ends up dying while he's having sex with this young woman who happens to be sharing uh, the same hotel and almost literally the same uh, hotel room. They're side by side while he's uh, knocking off his mistress. His son is in the other room. Just typical Tyler Perry shit, man. I don't even
1: okay. want to
0: go through the exercise of, yeah. <laughs> of too much of it. But it's it's um
1: But the guy had a happy
0: ending. Yeah, he died. He yeah. died screwing <laughs> mistress, and that's the whole family anniversary that everybody came to celebrate ended up turning into a family funeral. Okay. And that's where all the fucked up secrets that typically come out in Tyler Perry movies. All the fucked up secrets that everybody was hiding beginning to come out. And um well, like, there's had... a lot of
1: black films, uh, family films in general too. Yeah. Like, they tend to go that route. Um it was like the This Christmas with uh Chris Brown and um I forgot who else was in that movie. But they yeah. did the uh, exact same thing.
0: Uh uh Lindo, Delroy Lindo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren London. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 They, they did the exact same thing. It's it's someone dies. They the family gets together and all the family secrets just tend to pop out during the hectic. Time.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was very much along those lines. Yeah. So, yeah that, that's you... just
1: I don't. And that's that's the thing that um actually as a whole kind of annoys me with black films. Um, well, I I let's just say all black films, but the majority of the ones that are family oriented, mm-hmm. um, that that we have to go into this area of dark secrets popping out and destroying the family. And then at, at the end, they come back together. Uh, as, a, as a strong unit. Like, it's 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 the same pattern.
0: It's very consistent. Yeah, very yeah. consistent in black and, movies.
1: Yeah, and I, that's one thing I n- I've never understood. Like, why can't it? Like, we all don't have the same experience. Those are the movies they want to
0: make. You know, those are the movies that's safe to make. Show yeah. black people, but show them in dysfunction. Yeah. You know, it's just like the phenomenal white man imagery that I was just talking about. You know, you're going to show white men, show them doing phenomenal shit. Yeah. Show them doing extraordinary shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's the Hollywood machine, you know, Yeah, yeah. It's the Hollywood machine. That's, that's what it's built on, those images. And it's going to take, uh, and actually I want to move into uh, the last uh, thing on my notes mm-hmm. um, that actually kind of is related to this, is that until we take some type of control and take some type of uh, aggressive control, I should say, over telling our story, that's all we're going to get.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: This is what we're going to get.
1: Oh, yeah, most know? definitely.
0: Even with Uncork, you know, I said, decent movie, but you know, it showed uh, the, the typical conflict between father and son, um, mm-hmm. and you know, the dead parent who brings out it takes death to bring out the sincerity and the emotion mm-hmm. um, in us. I mean, even you know, the tropes, the consistencies, just the the, uh, the, the, the the little stereotypes, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. Hollywood's built on that. You know, Hollywood yeah. enjoys that. They're comfortable with showing us in those light.
1: Like, yeah, which is the exact reason why I I, I would like for us to, as a whole, support independent films more. Because mm-hmm. we have more control about the narrative. We have more uh, ability to create um, and and get our visions on screen. Like we have that. We have that ability with with um, with independent films, and and the more we the more we support them, the the more we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, it won't be the status quo all the time. You know, of course, you're gonna still have that that lane of um, of the the status quo, uh, the the predictable films, but right. but for the creatives that want to just be able to tell different stories and different perspectives. Um, that's, that's our lane like, right. as a whole. Right. Right. And and, and right. for I think in order for quote-unquote black Hollywood to be able to flourish, that's just going to be the route that we have to take, go independent. All actors, all directors, all uh, uh, production crews, like everyone, it's going to take everyone, writers to all go toward independent in order for us to be able to, to flourish. Uh, that's just how I see it because outside of that we, we as a whole don't have control over over our stories. We we no, we, have, we have to tell what Hollywood wants us to tell and that's not that's not true to any artist. No right. artist wants to be told what to create.
0: Right. Right. No, I agree. You know. I feel.
1: And, that, and that's 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 part reason why I get a little upset with Tyler Perry, not because I don't like him. I really do like that guy. I love, like you said, I, I love what he stands for. I love what he's doing in giving opportunities to people. But the problem that I have is that you have this, you have this ability to create such a beautiful um, uh, moment where in history you can see black film take a turn toward better. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and with great power comes great responsibility. That's why I have a problem with him in that respect is because he has that power to be able to help us as a as a as a whole turn toward quality. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, he can be in charge and lead of that. And and instead, he kind of falls in line, you know, and, and just goes with the flow. And I don't I don't like that. And and that's my thing. I want to see more from him because I know he has his that ability to do it. That's mm-hmm. that's what we saw when he was homeless and 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 putting on those stage plays and and mm-hmm. he was putting that out there for us to see, different messages um, and 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 different ways to be able to be a black creative in this space.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and and in order for that to happen, you you have to be able to cultivate an environment to where all of us can come and, and put our vision out there for the world to see. Right. Tyler Perry would be well, he unstoppable.
0: Definitely, he, he definitely has has problematic images, man. Yes. Responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can't, I can't get around that, but somebody who uh, has done a good job, a good job of uh, showing us some pretty good images and, and historic images. I actually have a little bit of a problem with, um, again, a little criticism that I do believe I have expressed on this podcast before. Um, I kind of want to touch on a little bit now with with uh, with Spike Lee. Oh yeah, yeah, got a little issue with Spike Lee, and it's just it's based on something that he did, you know, during this whole quarantine situation that we are in. Um, I don't know if you recognize this or picked up on this, D, but he he dropped uh, a script, a script that he's been sitting on for, like, years, I want to say, since the 90s, I believe. Really? Um, Yeah, a script that he had ambition to shoot, um, basically, on the life of Jackie Robinson, the Jackie Robinson story. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, he had that a while ago, like, many years ago. And um, at one point, he even approached Denzel Washington to play it, but um, Denzel, uh, and this is what, what I read, Denzel apparently uh, thought he was too old to play Jackie Robinson at that time. And I want to say this was in the 90s, I guess sometime in the mid-90s, mid to late-90s. Where would that put uh, uh, Denzel age-wise? Uh, I don't know. I think he's in his 60s now. So
1: that he would have roughly been late 30s, early 40s at that point. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, but he's had this script for years, and I've actually I've actually um, read something a few years ago that 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 listed this Jackie Robinson script as one of his ambition scripts, and among others that he never um, had the opportunity to do. One of them was a Joe Lewis story. I know he wanted to do a a biopic on the boxer, uh, Joe Lewis.
1: That would be amazing.
0: Um, for whatever reason, he he never realized that. Also, uh, James Brown. He had his hands on the James Brown story at one point. Oh man. Um, I know I, I, I read that uh, Wesley Snipes was attached to that
1: to play James Brown.
0: Yeah. Now I don't know how long ago this was.
1: I. Do you think that ever would have been a good casting? I think
0: it, I think you can trust Wesley Snipes with James Brown. Yeah. Okay. It's just I I was I, 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 I wasn't that um, that particularly impressed with chat with Bozeman's No. Well, I'll say this. You no. Know. I wasn't impressed
1: with the makeup. I thought that his performance was was good was you know, cool. It wasn't like it wasn't uh, uh, Jamie Foxx as Ray. It was nowhere near that. Um right. But I thought for what the movie was, he did a good job. Um. But I would, there, there are um, actually somewhat close to what you said last week about um, about Tupac not having a defining biopic. Right.
0: There are
1: right. There, there are there are are historical figures that need that that specific biopic that is just like a it's just like this is it. Hmm. Um. James Brown is definitely one and i i don't think that that performance was it i honestly don't that that wasn't no. it. that was that was something to introduce this new generation to james brown but right. that wasn't something that that we uh, cuz you grew up hearing him i grew up hearing him um it's not the james brown that i remember right um, you know um it was right. a, it was a cool Interpretation, but it wasn't like that defining. But well, we thing.
0: didn't really grow up with James. We didn't Brown
1: grow up. Either. No, no, we didn't grow I mean, up. Damn, with him. don't
0: put that kind of age. On. <laughs> <laughs> they, no, but we didn't grow up with we James. Grew,
1: Brown. We didn't grow up in the in the prime of him of James Brown. But we grew up still being able to hear his music and see the man. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, he was alive when we were growing up. Yeah, he, but I don't think we was. was up with him.
1: We didn't grow up with him, but we grew just, up hearing he was just his an music. Old
0: man, in life. Right. Not youth, okay. But
1: <laughs> but the new generation never heard his music, like, at all. Um right. and so that that's why, you know, they barely know who Michael Jackson is. Right. You know, their their Michael Jackson is probably more so like I don't even know if I want to say Chris Brown. Uh I don't know who you would say their their Michael Jackson would be, but really be there's no one. But Honestly. Everybody loves Beyonce. Uh, yeah, everyone loves Beyonce. Uh, maybe okay. you could say Bruno Mars. Um, not nah,
0: yesterday, Michael Jackson, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruno fucking Mars. No. But,
1: but you, we have to have those movies that, that can be defining. And, and that James Brown movie was not it.
0: It, no, I agree. It,
1: it definitely wasn't it. So, but but what I'm saying is not that you and I grew up with his music, but we grew up understanding who the man was, and the next generation does not know who James Brown was. You know what I'm saying?
0: Uh, I can, I can, I can agree with that.
1: Yeah, and and I'll and that. that's that's how I kind of look at it. Like when you're doing these movies, how do you introduce the new generation to this person? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. And I, I don't, I don't think that did a great job in it. It kind of gave you an understanding, but it didn't do, it didn't give a great performance. So I don't. You would know think you somebody would like
0: into. Spike Lee has the ability to 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 make that happen, though, to bring these type of stories. I think so. To to the forefront. I mean, I keep hearing one thing consistent in regards to Spike Lee, and that he keeps getting bitched out of these these movie opportunities, these film opportunities that he really wants. Mm-hmm. And with him being Spike Lee that doesn't make sense to me I think I've mentioned that before on here mm-hmm. but you know for him to release it and I didn't read it yet I, I do want to read it but he, he released the script for people to download if they want to read it to read what would have been in the project I guess mm-hmm. and um, and, I, and I do want to kind of take a take a look at it but it frustrates me man it, it just it just goes to bring more attention to the fact that dude you just keep getting pushed out of these, these these projects that you would definitely be better equipped than the people who end up, even with the, uh, I think Chadwick Boseman played Jackie Robinson too, right? He
1: did, in 42. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you keep getting pushed out of these opportunities that we know you're very well qualified for, that, that we know that you would have done something better with these stories, and it's frustrating because as much as he's uh, aggressive as Spike Lee, and I say I say this with no disrespect. Mm-hmm. All right. But as much as he has the appearance and the and the the surface of this aggressive uh Brooklyn motherfucker, he seems to keep getting his his ass kicked and this bitch slapped out of these these uh, projects, these right. ambitions of Right. And um it just shows again, no disrespect, but it just shows to me uh a lack of artistic aggression that, that Yeah. It frustrates me about Spike, and I grew up loving Spike Lee. I mean, I grew up, you know, admiring this man's work and admiring mm-hmm. his director. He, again, I've said it, I've said it before on here. He's the one that gave me the the concept that a black man could actually direct a movie and what directing a movie is and what that consists of. Right, right. So I have none but respect for the brother, man, just on a personal level. But artistically, he leaves a lot on the table, man. Um, yeah. And that's just my view. In this situation that I read about, as far as the Jackie Robinson script, um, it just brought that to my mind.
1: Yeah. You know what? And that, that kind of goes hand in hand with what we just spoke about a little while ago. I, I think with a studio like Tyler Perry, um, like Tyler Perry has, <laughs> Spike should be able to go to Tyler Perry to get that created. That that should that shouldn't even be a question, right? You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's why I kind of wish that that um, Tyler would just kind of take control of it and just go because a film like James Brown or or Jackie Robinson done. Where, where the production uh, company is <laughs> black owned would be phenomenal because you can, right. you can have things in the story where you're not holding back the writers. You're, you're allowing them to to go into uh, uh, different topics that you know major uh, studios might not want to go into. Right, you know, and that, that's that's where I see that 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 would be a beautiful pairing. I would love to see that.
0: Well, yeah, whatever, maybe one day. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's that's another conversation. Hoping for our people to to find common ground and unite to do something. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not very common. You know, it's a rare occurrence. Yeah. to that extent and then you you know we got a lot of obstacles you know that yeah. that, that, that that don't want those images to to come about definitely not uh, under the influence of actually you know our people or the people who were rooted in the story and star in the story and you know are, are heavily influenced in the story right. those are the ones that should have more of a hand in telling the story right but anyway um that's all i got man you know that's what i got Ooh, yeah, I think that's all I have to. So uh the farewell, this is the first time we discussed it. Yes. Uh, that you know, we haven't really talked about it. Um, so we're about to get into that. So yeah, our next conversation will be the feature presentation, uh, twenty The Farewell starring uh relatively new actress, or at least new to me, Aquafina. So we're gonna chop that up and uh hit y'all with this trailer, be right back.
1: What's wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Your Nan is dying.
0: She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have a saying, when people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Do you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, Nan will find out right away. 威莉啊
1: really?
0: Shouldn't we tell her? Isn't it wrong to lie? It's a good lie. Most families in China would choose not to tell her. <laughs>
1: She's dying. Can you be a little more sensitive? What do you want from me? To scream
0: and cry like you? Ah! You I want to believe that's a good thing. You do <音><音><音> All right, farewell, 2019's, uh, I guess you can call this a drama, uh, comedy drama. Directed by Lulu Wang, uh also written by Lulu Wang, and it stars uh Aquafina, uh she- Shezun Zhao, uh man, uh and X Mayao. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, this is gonna so, be uh, um, <laughs> I don't know
1: how to pronounce uh, any a lot of these names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now one of them I'm familiar with, the, uh, father, uh, Aquafina yeah. who plays Billy. Yeah. You know, we, we all know him from, uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour. yeah. We all recognize him. He's the dad in Rush Hour. But yeah, this was pretty much a Chinese movie. Uh, again, you can find it on uh, Amazon prime, but it came out with wide release last year. Got a lot of attention. You know, I think it got a little bit of a buzz at some point, but, um, yeah, it's a Chinese movie, so uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the last podcast when we talked about Uncut Gems. We mentioned this a little bit in that one. So um, I found it to be uh, a movie worth talking about. Um, but again, like I said, it's a movie regarding uh, dealing with a lot of grief um, in regards to a young lady who was pretty much taken from um, her native home of China and moved to New York. Um, she moved to New York, pretty much established her whole life here, but, uh, had to go back home as a result of, I think a wedding, I think she was, uh, yeah, it was a wedding.
1: That was a cover.
0: Right. Right. That was a cover, but yeah, but ultimately they were trying to get her to know, uh, to tell them that the grandmother was diagnosed with cancer that they thought was, uh, terminal. So, um, but yeah, she goes back home to China and, um, is faced with the fact that her grandmother is dying. And then, you know, we, we pretty much have a story there dealing with a lot of grief. And I think the the main uh, one of the the main elements of the story that that drives the conflict is the Chinese custom, I guess we will look at it as that the uh, the aunt, which is the the mother, the grandmother's sister, which is, that makes the, the great aunt or whatever, um, she knows that the grandmother is dying of cancer, but she hasn't told. She hasn't told her. She, she's making her or has her under the impression everything is fine. And the whole family eventually take that route where they don't ever tell the grandmother that she's dying of cancer. They give her the impression that she's, you know, okay. And Billy, who's the Americanized granddaughter, is conflicted because she wants to... Uh, she wants to pretty much know what well, she didn't with the idea of telling her. And she is dealing with the, the, the moral uh, conflict of her not knowing that she, her grandma not knowing that she's going to die. So considering all this, the, uh, I mentioned this, I called this one to the table. You go ahead and give me your impression of this one, bro.
1: I loved it. <laughs> um, it was a simple story, but not, uh, it wasn't, like, poorly written. Mm-hmm. Um, was, so this, okay, the one thing that I had a uh, kind of a, um, I guess, a little uh, issue understanding, this was a, a true story?
0: Oh, yeah, I believe it was based on a true story. Was Yeah, based th- on... Based on the ending, I got that impression.
1: Yeah, um, because and I believe
0: it said in the beginning that it was it was based off tr- true story, yeah. based off
1: a lie or something like that. Yeah, but I I didn't yeah. know like who. Do you know whose story this was? Like, was this off Lulu Wang's family?
0: I I believe so. Yes.
1: Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I um I I really liked it. Um the the um the grandmother in the movie reminded me of my grandmother. Mm. Um, just in the fact that she's just so energetic and like fun and, uh, um, likes, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this is just what all grandmothers pretty much do is just, you know, um, always talking, reminiscing about old times and, and, um, Wanted to make you eat, stuff like that. Little just little things like right, that. Right. Uh, I I, I right. it reminded me of my grandmother, so I'm just assuming this is just all for the most part all grandmothers. But um I like the story. Um it was very interesting. I haven't watched a movie with subtitles in a very long time. Um right. which I probably need to get back to doing because I know I'm missing out on a lot of movies doing that. Um Actually, you know what? The last one I watched I was like that was Pan's La- uh, Labyrinth. Uh, right. Guillermo del Toro's movie.
0: Right.
1: Um, that was the last one that I watched that was like that. But this was very fun and, and easy to follow. I know a right. lot of people have issues with subtitles, but this was very fun and easy to follow. And honestly, I think probably within 10, 15 minutes, I kind of didn't even uh it wasn't i really wasn't aware about that i was doing that you read Mm -hmm. the subtitles with the movie i wasn't aware of it to be honest it was just second nature um i love the story Uh, billy um who aquafina is played by aquafina i want to say this is probably my first film that i've seen her in i know Mm -hmm. she's i know she's a comedian um but I haven't seen her. I've seen her in passing, but I haven't seen her in a full project before because I just never sat down and watched her stuff. She's really good. It, this yeah. this made me actually want to go uh, watch Crazy Rich Asians, um, right? Because I've I, you, you talked about that a little bit last uh, last right. episode, but um, that's the movie I actually want to see because of this now.
0: Right. Um, she was good in it. She was really, that, and that was that was a good movie. Crazy it, Rich Asians was a good movie.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've heard a lot about that. And I'm I'm that's probably something I'm gonna catch this weekend too. Um I don't know. I just I just loved it. There was nothing specific about it, um, outside of the family element of it. Um actually, you know what, I'll say this. It it, it was good to see a little bit about um what Asians believe and like how they their customs. Right. Um. When they went to uh visit her grandfather's grave, I didn't realize that they that that's a custom for Chinese people, um, right. to go to the grave and uh, give them food and and <laughs> they even gave him a cigarette to smoke.
0: Right.
1: Um. All and they they just had this funny interaction around his uh around his uh grave and it was just it was it was really. It was really good, really good family dynamics. So I I, I enjoyed the movie, man.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, Aquafina, man, good job. You know, as far as as far as the acting, um, got to make that make that a priority. Uh, Billy, the character Billy, played by Aquafina, great job by her. Um, I really liked uh, her as well in Crazy Rich Agent. She was pretty funny in that one. So this right here actually was a little bit of a different role because she was a little bit more animated in Crazy Rich Asians. This one right here, she was a little bit, um, uh, uh, you know, you saw the emotion uh, yes. of, of, of somebody that was grieving, you know, mm-hmm. grieving the, the, the inevitable loss of a grandparent. Um, again, like I said, a lot of emotion in this one. I liked it a lot for that. Um, it captured grief very well mm-hmm. and, and and one thing that, that i actually did like about this that, that stood out to me the most was uh, again like you said that the subtitles were not an issue with this with this movie i mean you, there's a lot of reading with it but the subtitles really wasn't an issue and the the most important scene to me the the, the thing that stood out the most was a scene i was pretty much completely in chinese and like I said, one uh, driving theme, pretty much the driving theme of this movie was whether or not the grandmother should know that she was dying of, yeah. of cancer. Yeah. Um, and you had Billy, who was the uh, very Americanized Chinese girl who was going back home to a very uh, established culture. Mm-hmm. And the, the way things were was just the way things were. And apparently what I got from the movie as far as the grandfather who had passed as well, um, that, that's just something they did, you know, if somebody was dying, and you knew about it, you didn't tell them, you know, you just kind of let them feel like uh, life was going on as normal. Yeah. Um, but there was a scene where uh, Billy uh, and her father and her uncle, mm-hmm. um, were um, were talking, and she walked up on her father and her uncle and made conversation and she used that as an opportunity to kind of um, pretty much ask them what they really consider in telling the grandmother and the possibility and the, the 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 um moral grounds that the grandmother should know mm-hmm. that she that she's about to die and the uncle um really address something within his his response to her that I felt was um something I resonated with. And that is that and I'm just paraphrasing the dialogue, but he was telling her when he told her that, you know, the way you do things or the way you've learned things rather in the in the West is not the way things are established over here in the East. You know, like our thinking is not like the thinking that you have went over there and and um adopted. And he gave out a a, a body of responsibilities, you know what I mean, and, and consequences that came along with her knowing mm-hmm. that she was about to die. And it was just, it was just, you know, it just brought perspective that these people just weren't not telling her just because they wanted to be cruel. They just wasn't, they, they, they weren't telling her just because they just felt like it was best for them. They had purpose behind them not telling her. And, you know, um, I'm not gonna lie I, I, I don't walk away with a decision either way of what's right or wrong on um, whether she should know or whether she shouldn't have known you know that that's a, a conflict I guess yeah that um, that I kind of walk away from the movie unresolved with yeah but he definitely gave a, 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 a point and gave a perspective that I identify with and that is that the Eastern way of thinking, the way people do it um, in, the, in, in from ancient perspectives, particularly from the Eastern world, is a lot more uh, sensible and, and a lot more humane, I should say, than what we've learned how to do, do than, the, than the ways we've learned over here in the West. I yes. definitely prefer um, the ways of, and, 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 you know, the East, Eastern thought, you know, not, it's not necessarily dealing with Asia, but uh, in the part the, the African uh, customs and, and the mm-hmm. way certain African the people on that African continent, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, the way they lived and the way they viewed things, I definitely identify um, with 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 that being more um, relevant to our way of life and our and our thinking. So to hear him say that in this movie, um, I found to be very interesting. You know, that was that was attention getting.
1: Yeah, that that scene got me too. Um, because I'll tell you, the line that really got me with that was that he said that we take on the burden answer of, right. of our of our elders so that they don't have to carry it and right. it, it made me think about it in a different way because I never thought about it like that because the entire film I was sitting here thinking I'm like well wouldn't it when wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know this was like your final days like right. it's just so you can just absorb the that time a little more um but he was the way he put it was that if you tell her you're selfish, right? Because you're putting the burden on her, and right. it's because you're telling her because it allows you to feel better, not her, right? And and that that really that one um that one actually got me because I, I I was trying to figure out like would I would I tell uh if if my if something like that happened with my grandparents um. Could I tell and and I, I don't I don't know, but that I don't either. I don't have an
0: easy answer for that.
1: There, I don't think there is an easy one, because because it, it is that struggle. Like we in America, we have that, um, that innate desire to just say, "Hey, look, this is what you're dealing with, and you need to face this, that, and the other," versus, right. uh, uh, you know, just living. And and if it if it kills you it kills you, um, but you kind of just like live in, in a peaceful your final days in a peaceful moment. That actually kind I see the benefit to that, because the one thing that the mother said um to Billy um when when she when they when the parents told Billy that their um that her uh, nai nai I think that was her name,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: uh had had cancer was, um. You know that, that what'd she say? Oh God, what was it? She was telling her that, um, oh, the cancer isn't what kills the person; it's the stress mm-hmm. that they that they, you know, live with during that time period. Um, that really that really gets them, and it right. made sense to me um, when she put it like that. I'm. I'm starting to. I think I'm starting to, um, kind of. Want to dive, do a deep dive into. The East versus West type of. Thank mentality, you. yeah. Right. Um, because it's it, that's just that's like almost like a like a no brainer.
0: Right. I mean, it's definitely it's it's definitely two different. Uh, perspectives. It's, it's definitely just two different ways of looking at the world, from the way things are looked at uh, here in the West and and in the people of the East. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely two different worlds. Two yeah. different, two different entirely. You uh, see, vast different perspectives. Vast, vastly different perspectives. Very
1: much so. And and that that just, I think those two periods of the movie are what like really got me. Um. Cause again, like I said, I don't know if I was faced with that decision. I don't know what I would do at all. Right. I really right. don't. Um. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. So yeah, the movie created created a lot of questions, and and that's that that's what makes a good movie. Um. It didn't it didn't really leave you with a lot of um, of a lot of room to to walk away with a solid perspective. You know, when it comes to that, but um. Again, Aquafina uh, put on a performance, man, where she really kind of, you're watching it to, 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 kind of determine is she going to break and tell her, Yeah. you know, and and that's, that, that was one, um, what I feel, uh, one very good element to the movie is that you're actually experiencing this with her and you're wondering if she's going to go ahead and tell her, but, um. Again, it's a simple movie. It's not, it's, 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 it's very simple layers to it. It's a, It's essentially dealing with grief, you know, yeah. um, and, and just the, the, the process and the reality of grief that all of us uh, are going to deal with. And she was a young woman who uh, dealt with the loss of her grandfather. Uh, as you see in the film, she mentions that when she left China, she had a grandfather, and then she returned at one point, and he was gone. Yeah. So grief and loss was dealt with very differently uh, within her culture than than what she eventually learned over here in America, and that was a conflict for her. Yeah. And um, and and you see her now as a as a young woman, you know, growing into young adulthood. I think she's um maybe early twenties in this movie. You you will walk away with, mm-hmm. and you see her now experiencing the 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 inevitable loss of her grandmother and on top of that now you're conflicted with the fact that you know your grandmother doesn't know she's dying right so yeah it's um it's a simple story but again the, the whole grief element is is something that that, that you can relate to you know if you, yeah. if you do that
1: and you know what actually really hit me uh while i was watching this um that that scene toward the end where she was just um talking to her on her like she was sitting on the bed and, and talking with her grandmother and the grandmother gave her money. Mm-hmm. She said, No, I don't need it, you know. Um and she said, No, you 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 know, just take it, um, and all that stuff. Cause she just wanted to make sure she was good. Mm-hmm. Um that was actually my last interaction with my great grandfather. Wow. Did the exact same thing. Um I went up to Jersey to see my family, what, four years ago? hmm uh, I drove up there. For, yeah, it had to be four years ago. I drove up there um, in the summer and got to see my great-grandfather. Dude was 101, um, you know, and and yeah. still, he was just, he was, you know, just vibrant. And my last time seeing him, was me saying goodbye to him. Yeah. And it was the exact same situation situation. He handed me a twenty dollar bill and said, you know, take this, you know, just so you can have some snacks or something on the way home. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Bebop, I don't I don't need this. I'm good. He said, nah, just take it. Just take it. And it was the exact same thing that embraced. Like I hugged him and kissed him on the cheek, knowing that was gonna be the last time I saw him. Wow. I, like I I I knew that was gonna be the last, and, and you know what? He died two weeks later.
0: Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that death thing is inevitable. Yeah, you that know?
1: that thing that that hit me hard, man. That hit me hard, and and knowing seeing that on 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 in a movie like that was just kind of like that just took me back too. This was a yeah. really um very simple but very deep movie. Yeah, it it, yeah. it makes that's, that's you the think, way
0: I would describe it.
1: It makes you really think, and I and that's I think that's what I appreciated about it.
0: Yeah, really I would good. agree. I would agree. Well, um, yeah, man. Uh, again, the farewell came out uh, last year. It's not much I can say about it other than uh that I then I would agree with Derek on this one. Um, it's a good one. You know, it's a good one. It's a very uh, it's a very heartfelt movie. A lot of emotion. Um, you know, drama comedy. You know, a simple drama comedy, but it has a has a lot of layers to it, as far as and the Chinese culture element makes it uh, makes it a bit unique too. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not familiar with Chinese culture, yeah. so to watch this was a good was a good uh, observation, I yeah. would say.
1: It was very educational uh, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and again, the main thing is, and it was exemplified in that scene with um. Billy, um, who's Aquafina, Billy, her dad and her uncle is when he gives her that 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 reality check, you know, that chin check moment, mm-hmm. that you know where you're, are where you are now, your American life now, is not the reality of our culture and where we doing what we doing things. And it was also deep to see uh, her father, you know, kind of t- kind of take the perspective of, uh, I'm not going to go against my family on this one. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and- I like I think also what kind of what was kind of different too is that in today's society you don't really see um, family putting uh, kids in their place, right? Not 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 like not like we used to see it, right? You know where you can be corrected by your aunts, uncles, and cousins, right? That are older than you that that give you a different perspective and and tell you what's what. That was the thing that was I found very interesting because he actually kind of scolded her and put her in her place. And mm-hmm. the dad the father just sat back. Right. You know, and, and, and usually, let her and let
0: her get that
1: Yeah. Let her yeah, let her let get, get that, that reality check. And and right. um what you usually see nowadays is just like, you know, parents like, Don't tell me don't tell my kid what to do. You, you know, and that's that was another thing that I kind of took away from this. That that was very interesting. That was a very interesting dynamic with that one too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, man, um, I'm glad you uh you found some with it. You know, I, I put one on the table for us. Oh yeah. That uh that we could um put a little conversation into. So you know, on, on another level, other than. You know, just the the comedy and you know the the low key stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's good to find some some drama out there that we can identify with, and it's not totally depressing. It's not a depressing movie. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it's it's dealing with death very heavy, but it's not depressing. And in the end, um, you kind of left with a somewhat upbeat note because you get a real life picture. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier as far as um, the grandmother. Yes, you know that when you're asking when you're asking was the true story, you know they have an actual real life image of the grandmother, yeah, um, doing the breathing and whatever exercise that, that that the fictional grandmother was doing in the movie. Yeah, um, so yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a good one, man. Yeah. I would I would recommend this one.
1: Yeah, I would too.
0: Yeah, so uh, No Chase Film Society again with another one. Uh, Appreciate y'all for streaming this. Um, Oh, now, well, we got an announcement. Go ahead. We got an announcement. Yeah, yeah. Should I go ahead and do it now? Yes,
1: please, please.
0: Should I do it? Should I do it now? All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm itching with this one, man.
0: (laughs) All right. So, before we get out of here, man, I want to drop on y'all a little announcement. That uh, that we that we're gonna put uh, put forth, you know, on the podcast a little a little a little project I'll call it. Um, we mentioned on this on this show last week, uh, Tupac and Death Row, and and our desire to um, see a more definitive expression of Tupac on screen. Well, with that, uh, you know, during again during the downtime and just uh, the, the, the pondering of my mind or the direction that my mind going, um, I came up with a, a little series that I want to present to y'all that, that Derek and I are going to start working on right away, which is uh, going to be entitled Tupac Filmography. And what that is, is a six part, uh, series that we're going to put together where we're going to be, uh, discussing and uh, breaking down and critiquing and whatever, just giving a full-blown long-form uh, conversation to every film Tupac completed. Um, and it's six of them that we've counted, so we're going to be breaking down and giving analysis on all six Tupac films that we're going to compile into one podcast series that we're entitling Tupac Filmography. So, Look for that. It's going to be coming uh, within the next couple of days. Derek and I are going to go right to work on this. Um, the first movie that we're looking at doing is Bullet, which we're going to have to find this damn movie because it doesn't seem to be very accessible. And I've never seen it. The reason why I'm going to go ahead and jump on this one first is because it's the first. You know, it's one, I think out of all the six, that's the only one I haven't seen. Okay. It's Bullet. So we're going to start with Bullet, uh, at least if we can find it in a, in a, accordingly. And, uh, yeah, and we're going to, we got guests, uh, Alondo. I'm not going to put any names out there. I reached out to a couple of people already, though. But uh, we got guests that we're going to invite on. We want to have a different kind of conversation on, for the society uh, on this one. So, yeah, man, look for, look for that. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to see the, uh, the artwork on our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, NC Film Society. That's NC Film Society. Also, uh, follow me. I am Chris Ali, A-L-E-E. Uh, Derek will give you his But yeah uh, Two part filmography man Look for us on that We got that coming real soon Within the next couple of days
1: Yes sir Yes sir And uh, you can follow us on uh, OTS guys um, And my, my personal one is uh, Derek underscore OTS But OTS guys On all uh, Social media platforms um, And you'll get a Be able to look into everything That we're doing um, as As a brand So
0: Absolutely. OTS, man, is the latest and the greatest yes, sir. <laughs> in all things podcast. Appreciate so, that. Uh, yeah, y'all follow that definitely. Uh, and it, It's definitely you No know, Chase Film Society that's very proud to be a part of that brand. So yes, this brand, I should say. So yeah, man, look for that Tupac Filmography. That's coming real soon. A exclusive OTS, No Chase Film Society podcast series we're putting together for y'all. And uh, also follow us on Instagram to keep up with that next movie that we're going to be talking about. And also check us out on there to find out a way we consider you a member of society. Um, I don't want to go into it now, but if you go on to the Instagram, you'll see um, a particular method that we will consider you a part of society. We will give you shout outs and everything. All right. All you got to do is take a screenshot, but go to our uh, Instagram site uh, uh, feed, check that out. And uh, with that, I'm done with it, man. Derek, you got something for him, bro?
1: I'm good.
0: All right, well, well. Uh, yeah, in the meantime, watch a damn movie. I'm done with it.